The Mental Health Diaries podcast would like to issue a trigger warning for this week's episode, as we will be discussing topics that may be difficult for some of our warrior audience. Audience discretion is advised. Thank you. Welcome to Talk With Us Tuesdays, brought to you by the Mental Health Diaries podcast. We thank you for joining us another week, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, hello, warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Talk With Us Tuesdays. I'm your host, Lady DMC. Today, we're going to do a little something different here at Talk With Us Tuesdays, brought to you by the Mental Health Diaries. Today, I am going to actually be bringing on someone very near and dear to me, someone very special, and I'm actually going to interview her today. Desi Girl is going from co-host to my guest today. So welcome, Desi Girl. Thank you, Lady DMC. Wow, this is, I'm nervous. Like, <laughs> I've never been the guest or like the person that gets the question asked to. You are going to do beautifully. And today, I know that you have a very important topic to discuss with us, which is exactly why I wanted to put you on the hot seat, so to speak. I know you're going to give us amazing insight on PTSD today. So if it's okay with you, Desi Girl, how about we get started? Uh, yeah, go for it. What's your <laughs> first question? All right, so let's start off with this. If it's okay with you, I'm just hoping that for our audience, for our warriors, non-warriors listening to us today, if you could go ahead and share with us a little bit about your experience with PTSD. For privacy reasons and just I'm not ready to really share what had happened, I'm going to kind of give like a brief synopsis of what had occurred. Um, so I work in an inpatient psychiatric unit and part of my job is to, you know, run groups and the patients, um, you know, usually it's just the clinician and the, the patient and then we do have like um, security walking back and forth and making sure nothing's happening in the rooms. A while ago, I was running a group and a patient engaged in some behaviors that were disrespectful towards me. It led to a bunch of things happening that I was not aware of. I Ultimately, I was traumatized by the incident, didn't really fully recover from it, kind of just pushed through. And a few months later, a similar incident happened and in both instances I was locked in the room with the patient. You know the first time when it happened I was in utter shock and got up and attempted to leave but couldn't because like I mentioned it's a locked facility so the room was locked. Unfortunately security did see me and came and opened the door for me. The second time similar thing um a co-worker actually saw me and they assisted me oh wow yeah you know you and i have talked a little bit behind the scenes and yeah i i could definitely see how those situations could have been extremely difficult and you know i'm sorry you had to go through something like that but hopefully by doing this episode you know, I hope that um, you can know that this experience is going to be helping a lot of people out there. So first and foremost, just thank you for agreeing to do this for us, for being so brave and being so 
you know, passionate about what we're doing here at Mental Health Diaries, that you would go ahead and share this information with us in the hopes of helping others. We really appreciate that, Desi Girl. Thank you for that. I want to ask you, you know, as, as someone, as a social worker and someone in the field who understands this diagnosis of PTSD, after these two incidents, can you tell us what symptoms you've presented of this illness? Like, I know you know the DSM really, really well, obviously. What would you say are the textbook um, symptoms that you are presenting at this time, if any? When the incident initially happened, I, you know, as I said, I got out of the room and was in shock. And then I, it felt like forever, but according to those that were around me at the time told me it was literally seconds after I got out of the room, I broke down crying. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't like even stand. I had to have two coworkers who were able to help me get to my office so that, you know, patients and other staff members couldn't see. It was, I I just kept replaying it in my head over and over again. The nightmares, not nightmares, but the flashbacks kept coming. I was in total distress, no control over myself. Um, I had to have like several staff members sit in the office with me just to get me to calm down. After the fact, I went home, was still pretty upset, but kind of was in that like shutdown mode. That night, I remember like I could, I would close my eyes and all I see is that replaying over and over and over again. It, you know, and I could feel it in my body, like my, I can feel it right now, actually, like my stomach is in knots. I, I can feel like I'm having a hard time breathing. So I, you know, I was replaying it in my head and then I couldn't sleep because again, if I fell asleep, it was a replay of what had happened. And then, you know, a few days later, it started becoming like, well, what if no one came? Like, what if this person you know did grab me or you know did if something did happen it just escalated to the point where i had to go to a doctor i had to go to a specific doctor because of my work they wanted me to go to someone that they are contracted with sorry i know you just asked me for symptoms but this kind of just seems natural for me to share what happened oh that's fine no no please continue so i was sent to this person this physician went to the physician and Literally, this person sat down with me and asked me if I had ever been sexually assaulted before and clarified that sexual sexual assault means someone had penetrated me or touched me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I said no. And she was like, okay, well, you know, then there's nothing wrong with you. You can go to work. And I felt so dismissed. And I felt like my experience, my trauma was not quote unquote enough to say was trauma. Um, I ultimately went to my primary care physician a few hours later and he was like, oh no, you, this, this is not okay. You need to be out of work. You need to process what happened. You need to see a mental health physician. Um, and you know, culturally I was just like, no, I just, I just want to stay home and kind of, you know, take a beat and figure out, kind of just get myself back together again. My primary physician did prescribe me Xanax because the nightmares were so bad that I wasn't sleeping or eating. I physically, like I was shaking, anything and everything was triggering to me. So, you know, I picked up the Xanax prescription, however, never took it because I was like, no, I don't need Xanax. Like I can figure this out on my own. Like 
I'm a social worker, I work in the field, like I should know how to get through this. I tell my patients all the time. It, ju it just got worse over time. I, I mean, right now, like I, I'm trying not to cry, but like it, it, it impacted me so much. It, it just, I, the dismissiveness from people who work in the field and the dismissiveness from a medical professional who should have said, hey, you know, trauma is trauma. Let's take a moment for you to like regroup. I was completely shattered and I felt so disgusting, so dirty. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror for weeks. I I could I couldn't I could go to the grocery store and you know if I saw a gentleman in the aisle I had to book it. I had to go to another aisle. I had to I, I had to get away. And it was you you know like as we mentioned I, I'm engaged and so my fiance I had obviously told him what had happened and was very supportive but just didn't know what to do because he was like, you're so stubborn. Like you just, you want to do things on your own. You want to figure everything out on your own. But this is something I don't think you can figure out on your own. I think you need help. First of all, I just have to say, I know how difficult this matter is for you, which is why, again, I, I just praise you for opening up to us. We really appreciate, you know, you putting yourself in this difficult position i know it makes you emotional just know that this is a safe space we can, can continue you know i can ask you more questions or you know if you're still okay we will continue this interview but i need the green light make sure you're all right first are you still okay with this yes perfect okay if at any time you feel that this gets too much you know not only I'm my lady DMC, but I'm your bestie here. So just know we love you here at Mental Health Diaries and we want to make sure that you're happy, healthy, and safe, first of all. Thank you. And I mean, that's why I'm sharing this because I know my best friend's got me if this gets too much. I got your back and just say the word and we're done at any point of this conversation. So, you know, I know you said that uh, some security guard came and helped you I'm just first of all I'm delighted that you're safe and I'm delighted that you know it nothing worse than what happened happened you know that physically you're okay you know but with the situation I see that mentally it has it, it has made your days a little bit more difficult you know like you said, just simply going to the grocery store was difficult for you. So besides your fiance, I know you mentioned him. And besides going to that uh, medical doctor that you had to go to due to your workplace, did you open up to anybody else about this? Did you speak to them? Did anybody else lend a hand regarding this situation? Oh, yeah. So I talked to, I mean, I live with my parents and siblings and I told them to and they were extremely supportive and they also encouraged like you're not going back until we know that you're safe um you're able to drive you're you, you have some form of stability in you so you know everyone was supportive aside you know the environment that it happened understood and I know that you had that dismissiveness from staff and coworkers and superiors, you know, at your workplace. My next question to you is, do you think that deterred you from seeking further treatment for their professional health as your fiance suggested? 
did you feel that maybe if you went to somebody else besides the doctor that you saw, you would get the same type of reaction? Yes, 100%. I I blamed myself for the, both incidents. I was like, well, it's my fault. So, you know, why do I need a therapist or, you know, EAP to tell me that, that, you know, it's okay. I know it's not okay. It's my fault. I was the reason why it happened. And, you know, that self-blame was there. The negative thoughts were there. You know, I, I, I mean, thinking back now, I still blame myself and I, I mean, you, you've seen it when I hang out with you in person, mm-hmm. if a male is anywhere near us, like I either go around you or I sit far away or I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I sit really close to you then where to the point where like, I just, I don't know what to do because I can't think straight. And but no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> No, I mean, I even now, I don't think I could go to a professional about this because I, I still blame myself and I feel like it's my fault that it happened. I know it's going to sound very cliche and it, I know it's difficult because that's just what the incidents did to you, but just know that you know deep down in your heart that it isn't. I know it's the PTSD speaking when it makes you think that way but you know you had you didn't provoke anybody to do anything you didn't cause the situations it was just somebody that wasn't responsible for their actions and for whatever reason decided to behave in that fashion which is extremely unfortunate and I just wish I honestly heart in hand regardless if this if we're filming this episode, recording this episode, whatever. I really wish I could have been there and really wish I could have, you know, helped you get out of that situation so this wouldn't have happened. But just know that. Know 100% that it wasn't you, Desi girl. Um, I'm working on it. You have me. You know that whenever we hang out, I'm always going to have your back, always going to protect you. Wherever we are, if you need to sit closer to me to feel safe, I got you. <laughs> Always know that. Thanks. Um, and it's interesting because I know that I'm usually the one that's had the, the experience with medication, but I want to turn to this topic a little bit. Um, you mentioned getting prescribed the Xanax, but actually never taking it, correct? Correct. Alrighty. So, um, the fact that you have actually never taken some type of psychiatric medication, especially in this situation with the PTSD, in your opinion, do you think this has helped or hindered your experience and your recovery process? For me and just, you know, my stubbornness, I think it's helped. And the reason why I say that is because I'm someone who doesn't take medications. Even when I have a headache, I suffer from migraines and I don't take medication. Just Mm -hmm. chug on through to it. But I knew if I started taking Xanax, it was going to be something that was going to go in that vault. It was never going to be addressed. And I mean, there are males everywhere and especially in, you know, the sector I work in, I'm always going to have male patients. I'm, you know, I can't be scared of males. I knew I needed to figure out how to process this. I needed to address it and I needed to figure out a game plan on how I was going to continue my life with this. 
you know, my fiance did a great job of helping me. I'll, I'll tell you, I was afraid of him. I didn't feel comfortable being alone with him either. And this is someone I've known for 10 years. You know, it was, you have to sit one seat apart from me or sit across from the table from me. Your hands need to be on the table where I can see them. I mean, you know, hugging was like, you know, you got to do that little like, you know, bridge hug where it's like, I don't want any t anything touching me, just hug and that's it. You know, it really struggled. He really struggled with that because he was like, I want to help you, but I just don't know how. And he had to play a dual role, essentially, where he had to play therapist and loved one. Understood, uh, which is which is really interesting. And thank you for bringing that up, because I know, as you mentioned, your wedding day is going to come here very soon. God willing. Yeah. <laughs> so you can join the wifey club. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you guys discussed like how? I, I know it's been difficult for him, especially you know being a, a non-warrior and not working in the sector. But have you guys discussed like how you can take those steps forward so that when it comes to you know actually being husband and wife, you know you you will remember once again that he is a safe person that he's the person that you fell in love with and that he's not going to cause any type of harm to you like kind of like you're feeling from these outside people who who cause this in you have you guys discussed that a little bit further amongst yourselves we have it's something that's about me but for our listeners i need things to be done a certain way you know mm -hmm. my anxiety is very very specific i've told him like it's just gonna take time and it needs to be like steps like kind of exposure therapy type of thing so i need to slowly be able to do it on my own pace and which we've been doing like now i'm able to hug him with no issues i'm able to you know hang out with him without thinking that oh my god this is what's gonna happen however when it comes to outside males unknown strangers i i cannot like it it's still there it's as if it happened yesterday that impacts him a lot because i you know i work with patients i work with males females transgenders i work with all walks of life and for me to be like i i can't do this i can't work with you or the door needs to be open or it's gonna be a a quick session because my anxiety is like red alert right now because you need to get out that's where the issue is now understood and you know you and i have discussed this but i'm just so happy to know that you also found someone who from what i've heard i don't know your fiance but he sounds like an amazing person he sounds like he has your back you know in everything that's happened and every walk of life every situation that you've gone through so i'm just so happy for you desi girl that you have some especially throughout all this ptsd situation i also want to ask do you feel that you know going back to him slowly but surely taking those steps forward as you said of regaining that confidence in him throughout just because of the situation you know do you think that hanging out with him having him as your backbone like for example if you if you go walk a beach or if you go walk at a mall, do you feel that having him by your side kind of solidifies that you're going to be okay even if there's other gentlemen around you? Like, do you think having his presence there has been has been kind of something that you can lean on, you know, for your recovery process? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's funny you brought up the beach. We go to the beach a lot. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we do go to the beach a lot and he's learned, like he can tell from like my body language or like my mood or my affect, like he's like, okay, something like I'm triggered. And so he's very quick, like, okay, hey, like, let's go somewhere in a corner where there's not people. Or, you know, he'll be like, hey, let's just sit down on this rock or whatever, or let's just keep on walking. So he's able to read me better before Mm -hmm. I'm able to say, yeah, I'm triggered. You need to, we need to go, or I don't feel safe right now. So he, he's learned and he's done a really good job um, of saying like, hey, let's go or, you know, kind of redirecting me or distracting me before I escalate. I think it's so wonderful that, you know, both of the men in our lives have have learned to see kind of our triggers, our PTSD, anxiety, depression triggers, and they're just always willing to extend a hand. I'm so happy he can read you like that and keep you safe. And not just physically safe, because I know that with him around, you're going to be okay. I mean, emotionally safe. I think that's beautiful. I wanted to ask you as well, as someone who's going through PTSD, what would you recommend for family, for friends like myself, who who see a loved one or a friend that are kind of going through a situation like this, what would you recommend to us? What can we do? What can the support system do for for the warrior that's going through it? So like I've said in every episode, I can never think like a patient. I am cursed with the DSM-5 and everything that comes with it. <laughs> so for me, that was a real a huge struggle for me because you know i like you said i know the dsm well i know the criteria i know the treatment modalities and i know what should happen and what shouldn't happen for me it was having someone act like nothing happened but know that something happened initially like everyone was like are you okay you know you need to eat or you know you need to do this or you need to do that and that made me feel like i was suffocating in my own world Mm -hmm. and so the moment people backed off and just was like hey let's go to the beach or hey let's go get ice cream or i need you to go do this and this for me here's the list i i started to feel a little bit better but i knew the moment i got triggered like for example i had to go get feta cheese and i went to the grocery store and was fine I, you know, had a full, ended up buying a full cart of stuff, but, and, (laughs) you know, I went and I went to go get the cheese and a gentleman got way too close and I lost it. And I called my fiance, I'm like, oh my God, this person was so close to me. Like, then they started touching that, you know, themselves in areas they shouldn't be touching. And, you know, I just went to zero to a hundred and he was like, okay, well, he's like, do you want me to come or like, let's FaceTime. And so we FaceTimed and he was just talking about whatever he was doing, distracting me. And then he's like, okay, um, I'll meet you at whatever. Or, hey, let's get dinner. I forgot what he had said at the end. But n- normalizing, making it, don't, don't constantly be like, are you okay? What do you need? Oh, no, no, don't go outside. Don't suffocate the person. Let them kind of go about their day and then see kind of where they need you. So you do a really good job of this, actually. When, uh-huh. you know, like when I'm in that, you know what I call my pissy mood and that's usually when my anxiety is really bad you kind of just let me go like rant and yell and scream and then you're like okay what what do you want to do do you want to do this do you want to do that like do you want to just take a day off or do you want to do you want to meet up and just like hang out instead of doing business stuff 
for me and this may not work for everyone warriors so please don't think this is a you know black or white answer but for me it works really well when someone kind of let allows me to not host but like guide the narrative per se so for me that was what really was helpful another thing and i want to kind of touch about the cultural thing and i don't know if this is in the latina culture but in the south asian culture this is a big like black mark on you like it's a scarlet letter to have this happen to you and very quickly they blame the victim of the situation and you know my i've mentioned like my fiance was not born here he was born in india and you know comes with very different ideologies than being born and raised here and my biggest fear was that this was going to be the final nail in the coffin kind of like that's it and you know of course my parents and my siblings and everybody was super supportive and they were like it's not your fault like they shouldn't have put you in that situation and you know there was a lot of backstories that had happened but with you know my fiance he didn't have that kind of like being stuck with me i couldn't think of the word but like he he could walk away and say yeah this is done you're like dirty deeds or you know you're tainted and he didn't so for me culturally don't blame the the victim don't judge the victim don't make them feel any worse than they already do because trust me like you said deep down i know it wasn't my fault i know i didn't do anything that was that person's misdeeds and negative behavior but i don't need the rest of the world telling me that that it's my fault i've already i blame myself probably for the whole world I don't need my loved ones in my support system blaming me. Agreed. And to answer your question, it's, it's, you know, I can't stereotype and say every situation or every, every Latino thinks the same, but in many situations, the victim also gets blamed. So yeah, it's usually, oh, you provoked or you did X, Y, Z. To cause the situation to happen you put yourself in that position there's many reasons why someone could blame the victim so yes it's very similar you know i'm, I'm just very happy that again your fiance was able to see past the cultural aspect and to just see you just see his fiance see desi girl you know see the person that really needed him by his side and to kind of, I guess, think the American way or the new, his new home way, which is here in the U.S., you know, mm-hmm. just just thinking, I can't blame her. This isn't this isn't how my culture tells me it is. It's not her fault as the victim. It's it's the situation that happened. It's the aggressor's, you know, fault for it. Again, I don't know. I'm I'm really liking your fiance a lot right now. Just saying. <laughs> Shout out to Desi Munda. Yes. I don't know you, but you are awesome. I like you. <laughs> and I like you because you're taking care of my best friend. All right. <laughs> as long as he keeps doing that, he's got 100 for me. Just saying. <laughs> 20 out of 10 in my book. All right. <laughs> Um, I have another question for you as well. Um, thinking, I, I know how you just told us that it's very difficult for you to put yourself in that patient setting and that patient mindset, you know. So I'm going to ask you this from the social worker side, from your professional side. 
yes, it's very difficult that you went through this situation, and I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly wish you hadn't. But now that you're here, do you think that having gone through this or going through this PTSD situation is going to help you better relate to your future patients? Are you? Do you oh, think you're going I to be able to connect with them and you know in in a new level so to speak oh absolutely um you know when i did return to work after the incident and even you know the second time it happened i returned to work the next day i i had a few patients that were diagnosed with ptsd and at the time i didn't realize it but now looking back i i empathized with them and i understood that this is a process this isn't something that like you know Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us shows it like it's like oh we have a nightmare we you know strangle someone and then realize it was this nightmare and call it a day it was something that like today was a good day today I didn't have nightmares I was able to sleep the full six hours or today I was able to walk past my trigger without being triggered I, I did, I, I did grow some sense of empathy towards them and I felt like I was able to understand a little bit more of what they were going through. Mm -hmm. um, but also at the same time, it was very difficult because their trauma was very different. And some of their trauma was kind of the opposite of what mine was, so that triggered me. Because I kind of lost that empathy side to it, I'm like, mm you know that after what i had gone through so there was there was the side that i was empathetic but then there was the side of no i'm not i don't feel bad for you so do you think that having the knowledge from what you're saying you it kind of had you compare ptsd situations sort of is what you're telling me yeah i had started to compare like oh well you know you i can't even think of anything like you were in a car accident or you know but this is what happened to me and that's it's not okay and again it that that goes back to that anger and that resentment that what had happened to me gotcha i want you to debunk well you kind of did with this whole episode but again going back to your professional <laughs> side <laughs> i have to ask because i want you to debunk this whether it be with the dsm or however you want but I know we've discussed on our blog and I've also discussed on um, Meet With Us Mondays, which by the way, Warriors, with the revamp that we're having, Desi Girl will, will tell us more towards the end of this episode about that, but it's going to be changing names. But anyway, we've discussed PTSD before, actually. I know the first time for me, when whenever I heard about this diagnosis, it was associated with our, um, our veterans you know mm -hmm. our our military force our men and women who served can you please let us know if it's true that ptsd only happens to those who have been in the armed forces so that is a myth um as you can see i am living proof of someone that does have ptsd i do not work with veterans so and i have plenty of people on my caseload with ptsd and no but ptsd can touch anybody you don't have to be a service member thank you for clarifying that for us as i said warriors this whole episode pretty much debunked that but i wanted 
it straight from our social worker's mouth so we could all just reconfirm this. Well, Desi Girl, again, we I know on behalf of our audience and just as a friend, like this isn't even from Lady DMC, this is from your bestie, your friend. Again, thank you. I know answering this question was not easy. You and I are going to have a little conversation once we get off the line here. <laughs> you know, I got to, y'all, I got to make sure my homegirl's okay, right? All right. <laughs> got to make sure we're good. Got to make sure we end this on a, on a more energetic level. But just thank you. Thank you so much for opening up your heart. Again, this just shows your commitment to MHC. We all have, again, warriors, let's not compare our trauma to other people's what seems difficult for one person and seems like you could just do it in the blink of an eye or pass the situation in the blink of an eye no sweat it can cause nightmares can cause flashbacks can cause so much hurt so much pain for someone else and i know this is a situation that hasn't been easy for you so you're amazing (laughs) that's all i have to say you're professionalism just shines through and through all those emails that we've gotten saying you're great that you're fabulous i agree two thousand percent with that you put our audience our warriors before yourself today so seriously hats off love that (laughs) well thank you and the only way i was i mean a little backstory i actually was not going to share this story or bring it up for ptsd awareness month however I, you know, Lady DMC and I have been talking about material and, you know, she, she encouraged me and she empowered me to share my story and you creating a safe space for me and, you know, thank you for checking in on me when I said that I was getting triggered because oftentimes we, we get so caught up in knowing what happened, like, wait, what happened? Like, how did you, how did it happen? Who was it? We get caught up in all those little details that we forget that the person telling us this could be triggered at the moment and being experiencing something that could you know lead them to a dark place so i really appreciate that and it's ptsd awareness month so i really wanted to give you guys something to relate to thank you for doing that and you know i'm always going to create a safe space for you you know whatever you share with me that's why i'm not giving any more details it's whatever you wanted to share however you wanted to share whatever you were comfortable with again you dictate this you're the one who guides me at this point because i'm here to extend a hand and help you that's my place right now not only as a business partner but as a friend to walk this road with you and if you want to go right i'm not going to make you go left you tell me how we do this i want you to be safe i want you to keep doing what you're doing but in a way that also empowers you there's no way that we're going to take you back to that to that square one so to speak i'm helping you propel forward this is what we're doing together we started this together we're gonna end this together (laughs) i got you (laughs) i appreciate it no problem all right desi girl i think this is a good place for us to go ahead and give our warriors you know maybe we have some people who are listening for the first time out there and are saying you know this is kind of interesting what other topic do these ladies talk about what what other topics do they share what else do they banter about people like our banter it seems hopefully (laughs) do you want to go ahead and let them know how they can reach out to us how they can learn a little bit more about mhd if this is their first time here if you want to give them some information for us sure 
The world of MHD right now is under construction. So love how you put that. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. We there's a lot of moving parts right now happening <laughs> behind the scenes. So um and we pre-recorded a lot of episodes. So you may hear that we're promoting segments that don't exist right at this very moment, but right now we are doing our podcast which is talk with us tuesday so every tuesday 9 a.m pacific standard time you will get a new episode of mental diaries we are doing um fundamental fridays every other fridays however lady dmc had mentioned early on that some of the segments names are changing now if you want to know about that that's part of the cool club group and that's called our patreon so we announced that last week so we have a patreon and it's mental diaries correct lady dmc that is correct if you want to learn more about this construction project we've got going on go check us out on patreon i believe it's 15 dollars for the month it is 15 dollars per month that's correct and we're posting twice a week so you get behind the scenes scoops, things that you're not going to get to see on the podcast or on the blog or the website or Instagram or Facebook. Check us out there. We are still going to do uh, self-care Sunday. So every Sunday, Lady DMC and I are going to post a self-care activity and encourage you all to engage in self-care. We, I'm still going to be doing mental health tips every day. That's still happening. So that's on our Instagram and Facebook. So that is Mental Health Diaries 2 on Instagram and Facebook and then we have a Twitter which we post our when are we post on the blog which is mental underscore diaries too. We have a beacon that I just made so that has everything on there so it has our email address our Facebook our Instagram our Patreon our podcast our website. I know Lady DMC does some TikTok videos we we've got everything on there. We also have a merchandise store that is under construction as well right now. So if you click on the link, it's probably not going to work. But we are hoping to have the merch store up and running before the end of this month. But we will keep you guys posted on that. Um, anything else? Oh, our email. So we have mentaldiaries2 at gmail.com. So feel free to send us an email. We check it every once in a while like i said we're under construction so we've been really busy just trying to get everything done so if we don't respond it's not that we're ignoring you we may have not checked our email or we may just not have had time but we'll respond as soon as we can and then just a little disclaimer if you send us a nasty gram we are not responding so please do not resend us emails asking us if we saw your initial email we saw it and we're not answering to it and if you want to know why please check out our bullying episode where lady dmc and i discuss at length why we're not answering nasty grams yes <laughs> we want to respond we read each and every one of them but we want to respond to those that are more productive to our own mental health as well <laughs> yes Alrighty, warriors this is where we will leave you guys this week but as i like to say don't be too saddened because we will be back next week with another one for you until then stay happy stay healthy be kind love one another and we'll see you for the next one bye We thank you for tuning into this episode. 
please don't forget to comment and subscribe to the Mental Diaries podcast.